For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's the NFL Trend Zone. We're here on July 19th. NFL training camps are just starting. Uh, most of them really get cooking early next week. But what we're going to do tonight, Wednesday the 19th, is talk about some of this running back hoopla, whether it's the refusal to play, pay the franchise tag players and Dalvin Cook the big bucks or some spots for you know where Ezekiel Elliott and those guys might end up. It's a running back theme show Brought to you by Believe and the NFL Trend Zone this evening. First, though, Bet Online is your number one source for all of your betting needs. Get the latest odds, line, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on all the action. Remember to use this promo code BLEAV, believe BLEAV for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. And that's other, otherwise known as free money. Bet online where the game starts. Trend zone, we are here. It is Wednesday. We are about, well, some training camps have already opened. Uh, most of the NFL's veteran portion of the training camp open next week, but we're going to get to a very spicy topic tonight cover it for most of the show and that is running backs whether it is their pace structure free agents who might go where that is on the docket tonight i'm here with west johnson how are you doing this week i am doing good it's been a busy week uh trying to keep track of all uh the comings and goings in the running back world in the nfl but uh, i had a little bit of time today before the show and was able to kind of um knock out some good notes so i'm i'm fired up and ready to to tackle this all right well you're gonna bring the heat the first thing i want to ask you though is it has been almost two years according to adam schefter that a running back has got paid more than 10 million dollars per season for a new contract and that was nick chubb during the offseason or just in 2021 Mm -hmm. in general so General managers have wisened up to the fact that we don't need an expensive running back to win a Super Bowl. Therefore, we're not going to pay them. And in fact, we're just going to use them on their rookie deals and then let them walk. There's a few exceptions uh, before 2021, whether or not that was Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook in 2020. But paying running backs is a philosophy and a dying breed at that. So let me, I'm going to ask you this before we get into X's and O's of who might go where. Is there a fix to this on the horizon or is this just the market sorting shit out? Um, I think there has to be a fix at some point, uh, whether it's on the horizon or not, uh, is yet to be told. Um, I think it's just going to be kind of the current state of of life for running backs uh, this year. 
Um, I don't know what they could do per se uh, right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we shall see uh, once we get a little closer to uh, kickoff for week one. Um, I have a, a few wrinkles that um, could be put into play from uh, the running back community as a whole that might um, help them in, in future seasons. But uh, as you touched on, uh, teams aren't paying the running backs. Uh, their current franchise tag number for this season is uh, $10.091 million. Uh, which is pretty low, especially for a skill position. Um, if you averaged, excuse me, every running back salary uh, across the NFL, the average salary comes out to one point eight one million. Uh, the average salary for kickers in the NFL is two point two six million. Uh, granted, there are more backup running backs uh, on teams than. Uh, there are backup kickers. Uh, still, that's a, a stark number uh, in contrast to, um, you know, how violent that position is. Um, it was touched on by Austin Eckler a little earlier in the week that uh, he thinks the uh, the teams are using the running back tag in bad faith. Uh, he he feels that there's some type of collusion involved as well. Uh, between the owners uh, to not pay the the running backs at the position. He likens it to uh, in the off season, he um, held out briefly for a new contract and he wanted to be traded. Uh, the chargers were demanding high picks in return for Eckler um, yet wouldn't fork over the money to actually pay him. So they, they said he's, valued at this mm-hmm. in terms of draft capital but then they said he's valued down here for uh actual uh, salary compensation uh we kicked off uh the franchise tag weekend last week with joe mixon restructuring his deal on friday uh taking less guaranteed money overall for uh, longevity with the team. Uh, if if he hadn't restructured, they they might not have moved on from him this year. But the following year is almost a guarantee that he would have uh, been cut. Uh, yeah, I mean, it just the way it's set up right now, it's not really fair to a lot of these running backs that are grinding and putting these miles on their body. You look at Isaiah Pacheco. He's 24-year-old running back, seventh-round pick from Kansas City. He helped carry them to the Super Bowl last year. Uh, he'll be 27 when, when he's a free agent, and he's working off of a seventh-round pick's contract. So he's working off of peanuts right, peanuts right now. Um, when he's free agency eligible, he might get franchise tag. He might not, but he's not looking to get paid based on how these current players are getting paid um, when he's finally free to seek out, you know, a contract Uh, factor in that 18 running backs were drafted in this past draft. The position has gotten essentially restocked by, you know, fresh young backs. So that there's at some point something has to break and 
I, I just I don't know it currently, and I'll touch on uh, one way a little bit later in the show. I'm anxious to hear that because the way that I see it right now, I don't think there's anything until I listen to your musings that can fix it in the here and now because it will have to be collectively bargained by the NFLPA and the NFL, and I don't even know when those talks will start. Maybe it's next offseason um, or whatnot. So I think the first thing on the running back pay issue is that the the beholder, the listener, the viewer, you have to decide is, is this a problem? Running backs are complaining about it because of the uh, Pacheco example you just gave. The guy's not going to make very much money as a professional football player, and he's a pretty good football player. But there will be some that tell you, well, this is just, this is the market sorting itself out, and running backs aren't as important anymore, and therefore, I don't care. That will be what some tell you. But if you recognize the beef that running backs have, then, indeed, running the football still, even though it only occurs about, what, 40% of the time on offense, that's still a big damn chunk. And unless you're going to eliminate rushing the ball, you've got to find uh, a solution to take care of the players. That's why I tweeted this week, off the top of my head, it, it got a lot of flack, go figure, that the only thing that I can really think of is that you have a, every year, you carve out 10% of the salary cap. So right now it's 22.22 million, $224.8 million. And either in addition to that, or it's baked in, you tell general managers, you've got $22.4 million, 10%, use it or lose it. And that should inspire executives to say, all right, well, I'm going to spend 15 million of it on Saquon Barkley. Um, and it's, it's really my, my solution to fix it. But the problem with my solution predictably is, well, then what are safeties going to say? What are offensive guards going to say? And before you know it, you're going to have like uh, a just completely fragmented way of like, all right, well, let's go to the chart that says how much I could pay an off ball linebacker. All right, Bob, I can pay him 4 million. And that kind of waters down everything the salary cap is intended to do. But I think that for anybody that's just exploring or getting to know the running back issue, you have to decide whether or not you think it's a problem. Um, Because if you just think, nope, it's cool, just tell your kids to grow up, be wide receivers, and we'll just sort this running back thing out. They're going to be the guys that always make about a million bucks per year. And that's the way you want to take care of players, then so be it. But otherwise, uh, it it really, you, you, me, Cody, and Jason have been chirping about this for about two years and it mm-hmm. seemed when Saquon and Pollard and Josh Jacobs couldn't find long-term deals all on the same day that it blew up to everybody's face. It's like, oh, well, now these guys either have to hold out or sign and opt in and basically just take it on the chin. Do you think that Saquon, we already know Pollard signed his franchise tag before the fuss started. Do you think Saquon and Josh Jacobs will play football this year? That that's a tough question. I I want to say yes as of right now. I, I definitely anticipate them holding out, making some kind of a statement. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if they hold out the entire year. Um, the reason being just the longevity of the position itself. Uh. There's usually a age cliff for running backs around age yeah. 27, and to burn one of your prime years uh, to make a statement, it it would take a lot of gumption, and I don't, I don't know, I, I really don't know if if that if they would go down that path. 
interestingly and unsurprisingly, because they're so good, it really puts the Giants and the Raiders in a nasty spot because the Giants, who just signed Daniel Jones for 40 million bucks and won't give Saquon his 12 or 13, <laughs> uh, Daniel Jones, to my naked eye, is a player who needs playmakers to do the thing, when he, especially mm-hmm. when he's not playing the Vikings defense. And then their backup is Matt Breida, who we know is going to get hurt and will be on every fantasy waiver wire that you'll ignore for the rest of the season. Conversely, or excuse me, similarly in Las Vegas, after Josh Jacobs, it's Amir Abdallah and Brandon Bolin. Bolden, and that's what Jimmy Garoppolo throwing. And usually when he's <laughs> healthy, he needs a plethora of weapons. So it really brings to the forefront, well, what are these teams, the Giants, who presumably want to make the postseason again, and the Raiders, who I can't determine if they're in the Caleb Williams sweepstakes, so they really think Garoppolo is better than Carr. Uh, they need these guys, and it's a testament to these guys not just being damn good running backs, but being really good football players. So do you want to go into some of your fixes now, or do you want to transition into some of the landing spots for Dalvin Cook and whatnot? Um. I can touch on some of the landing spots and then we'll we'll hit in some outlooks for okay. for those tag players. All right. Well, let's uh, start with no uh, no other suspense. Dalvin Cook. All of a sudden, Vegas odds makers, according or they've read your mind, sir. Uh, you mm. told us weeks ago that the Patriots could be a dark horse, and the dark horse has shown up. Uh, all of a sudden, per DraftKings, the Patriots are the front runner to land Dalvin Cook. It fell out of the sky, at least for the rest of us, not name Wes. Uh, give us, um, in addition to the Patriots, and give us your spiel on that. Where else could he land? Yeah, I, I've had him pegged in New England for about four weeks now. Uh, I think there was some, I don't know, off-brand comment about you know, Cook would look good in New England, and he'd liked it. And that kind of got my mind thinking, uh, thinking about how Belichick would want to utilize him and, you know, committee back him with Ramondre. Uh, just with the fragility of the position, it couldn't hurt New England, a, a team that I guarantee wants to run the ball. Mm-hmm. Um they have Mac Jones, and I, I think ultimately they would be happy if he only passed it 20 to 25 times a game. Uh, that would keep Belichick's defense fresh. Uh, they have Bill O'Brien in at uh, offense coordinator, I believe, uh, yes. mm-hmm. who's going to run a lot of 12 personnel. And it's just they're set up really nice to throw out a, a one-two punch that you know it's ball control and defense, and that is New England to the core for me. So I just thinking about that. Uh, I made the decision four weeks ago to sell off Ramondre Stevenson when somebody approached me for him in, in fantasy. And part of it was because I, I firmly believe that they will add a running back. If it's not cook uh, today, Lenny, he mm-hmm. visited the Patriots. Um, I'm sure Patriots are just doing their homework, uh, but I definitely see them adding, you know, one of these big four before camp. 
The problem with the Patriots offense, defense is always going to be up there because Belichick's in the saddle, is they're still roster building on offense as if Tom Brady still plays there. Um, if you look at the wide receiving core, Devontae Parker, Kendrick Bourne, Juju Smith-Schuster, Henry, uh, Hunter Henry, and Mike Gusecki. That would be great if Brady was the quarterback, but it's not Brady. It's Mac Jones. And it seems like Belichick's team building uh, still just rests on laurels. The, well, well, we'll get it done. And that doesn't work when it's only Mac Jones. So I, I say all this to add support to the cook theory because there's a lot of folks, especially fantasy managers that say, whoa, 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 Stevenson's just fine. Feed him the ball. And then if he's no good, give it to Pierre Strong. But I think that there is a large deficiency uh, of weapons on the Patriots roster. Not that the guys suck, but there's just about seven guys that are all pretty, pretty decent. And I think that all of that gets masked because Bill Belichick's in charge. We're just like, well, no, they'll be fine. They got Belichick. And I think that's how he feels, too. But Tom Brady doesn't work there anymore. Mm hmm. So also oh, yeah. in the also in the rumor mill for Cook forever four months now has been the Miami Dolphins. Nobody ever pulled the trigger on that via trade or outright acquisition. I think it's just the hometown connection. And then mm -hmm. uh, Tyler Conklin a couple weeks ago was on NFL Good, Mor Good Morning NFL, and he talked about Cook possibly coming to the Jets. And then on Twitter, I think Dalvin likes some Jet stuff and all that. So it seems like at the top of the rumor mill. Suddenly, Patriots, Dolphins, Jets with a side dish of the Broncos or the Cowboys. Um, do you ultimately think it will be the Patriots? I do. Okay. You think it makes too much I, sense? Yeah. I think it makes too much sense. Um, I think just him being kind of the, the heart and soul of uh, the Minnesota offense over the last few years, adding a player of his caliber um will help uh the rest of the position players on that offense uh like you mentioned and cook had shoulder surgery this offseason for something that allegedly been nagging him for 3 years it's like all right we're mm -hmm. just waiting until this go on good for you <laughs> um and then uh what we didn't haven't touched on yet regarding cook is the franchise tag deadline i think well, I know in my opinion, but I think worldwide opinion, it was quite devastating for his free agency because he and his agent have said for about six weeks or so, seven weeks, six or seven weeks that, oh, no, we're still going to get about $10 million per year. There is no way in hell that any general manager is going to pay him $10 million when they wouldn't pay Saquon or Pollard $10 million. So I think Cook is going to have to dial it back to 5 or $6 million, which is what most of us thought he would fetch the whole time. Do you mm -hmm. think at that price tag, Boomer Esiason said last weekend, or I think it was Friday or something like that, that allegedly there's a standing offer from the Vikings for $7 million per year for Cook. Do you think he'd go back? I think he would go back. Um, I don't know how well Boomer is in <laughs> with uh, <laughs> the Vikings front office. Um, I, I just don't see how they would bring him back at that price tag, especially after paying Alexander Madison in the offseason. Uh, they still have CJ Ham at a pretty hefty contract. And then over the last two years, they've added rookies that can compete for carries as well. So I, I just don't see it happening. Uh, 
it would be a lot of money invested at the running back position. And I know they have holes elsewhere that they likely should fill with that uh, remaining money they have. The only reason I think Esiason might have been correct is that seven million was exactly half of what his cap hit, uh, Cook's cap hit was. So there's a part of me that thinks, all right, well, the Vikings said we can only afford half of this. So take it or leave it at seven million. And he, with this eternal false wisdom that says, nah, bro, I'm getting 10 million, um, that he might, because he never disliked the Vikings, both two way street, they loved each other. Um, Mm -hmm. But to your point, Dwayne McBride drafted three months ago. In round seven, Ty Chandler last year, the year before that, Kane and Wangu, and then by the way, Alexander Madison. Somebody would either get cut or put on the practice squad for uh, your Minnesota Vikings and my Minnesota Vikings. So I don't see a Cook reunion, but it also wouldn't, you know, make me fall out of my chair if my phone buzzed and said, "Hey, Cook's back for one year and seven million. We would have been like, "See, Boomer, Boomer called it." <laughs> um, all right, so we talked a little bit about Fournette uh, visiting the Patriots, and I can't get a drop on him. It seems like when you watch him in the Buccaneers games especially when they're rolling. He looks pretty damn good, especially in the postseason. But I can't figure out if he's already run down and not worth it. Um, if you can touch on, if you want to touch on more destinations for him. Otherwise, we got Kareem Hunt and Ezekiel Elliott as some of the keynote running back free agents. Yeah, I have uh, Lenny moving from one Hall of Fame quarterback to another. Uh, I have him landing in New York. Uh, I think he'd be a good compliment to Brees Hall. Uh, would allow Brees to ease back in after uh, the knee surgery and would be that sturdy, dependable veteran uh, back that could step on the field and um, compliment Aaron Rodgers. So the Jets are where I have him landing. And I like that one, the theory of it. I don't really care where he lands, but I like the theory of it because Cook to the Jets, to me, would seem to usurp Brees Hall. And I don't think that anybody should be usurping Brees Hall as an RB1 because he should be the next big thing. And Cook isn't the type of dude for the next year or two to go and just, you know, get five carries per game. He usually got 20 to 25 during the Zimmer era of the Vikings. So I think Cook, at the very least, is going to want about 12 carries. So if he wants to join a contender, it'd have to be somewhere like the Chiefs. Not that I have any inside intel on that where he's going to really get because he's flat out better than the other guy. Um, but it's it's tricky to do that if you want to be on a playoff team because most teams already have addressed that spot this late in the summer. We don't need a running back. And uh, so Cook will either have to have some soul searching that says, all right, well, I will be the RB2 or I'll go play with some piece of shit team that needs a running back and, you know, get my seven or eight million. Uh, what about Zeke? Is he going back to the Cowboys? That's where I've kind of had him pegged the last few weeks. Um, They added Ronald Jones in free agency, which he's been a shell of of himself. He's been a shell of Ronald Jones. Uh, So I really don't see him doing too much. Uh, You have Tony Pollard coming off of a a major injury, uh, playing on a franchise tag. Uh, We know... Jerry Jones absolutely loves Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, For me, it makes a lot of sense for him to re-sign with Dallas. Uh, I saw something a day or two ago that they have no interest in re-signing him, but this wasn't from 
uh, a major media member. This mm-hmm. is just somebody on Twitter. Yeah. Or quoting air. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, if not Dallas, a place that makes a lot of sense as well would be Tampa Bay. Um, Rashad White is a back who I, I think Tampa Bay believes in. Um, he's kind of, I guess, Tony Pollard-esque, uh, maybe not as fast, but um, somebody that can run between the tackles and catch the ball coming out of the backfield. I think uh, Ezekiel Elliott would be a good complement to that. Uh, kind of the uh, hammer to the lightning. Uh, so I would say Dallas or Tampa Bay for Zeke. The reason I keep coming back to the Cowboys on top of your your Jerry Jones speech because he loves them is we talked a lot like five, six, seven minutes about Dalvin Cook. And to me, Dalvin Cook still has the knack to be an RB1, especially with a surgically repaired shoulder. He he hit about three or four home runs for the Vikings last year that were game savers. And anytime I watched Ezekiel Elliott last year, it was like the Ronald Jones phenomenon. Like he just looked like a shell of himself. And the numbers bear it out. Zeke averaged 3.8 yards per carry last year. And that's like Leroy Horde type of numbers. And mm-hmm. every year, almost like clockwork since the start of his career, Hor- uh, not Horde, uh, the Elliott's yards per carry have dipped. And so when you have somebody who's upstart and fast as Tony Pollard, I think that now that Elliott has been released, has seen the underwhelming market, he could rejoin the Cowboys with a clear understanding that because of what just happened to you in the last couple months, you are now the RB2. Uh, mm-hmm. You might have been the RB1 before, but hopefully, sir, you've been humbled. Come on back. Pollard's the guy. If he goes down, you're up next. Um, but I just don't think, unlike unlike Cook's rumor mill, I don't really think anybody's flocking to get to Ezekiel Elliott. And I don't know if that's because there's more carries on the body than Cook or he's just flat out not as good as anymore. Um, but I really think that time has caught up with Elliott, whereas Cook probably, if you give him 300, 350 carries per year, Cook's probably still going to squeeze a lot out of the tank. Do you agree? Absolutely. All right. And then who is, who we have? Uh, Kareem Hunt. He's the other one. Uh, is he 28 or 29? He's not on the Browns anymore. I'm going to pull this up. He's up there. His speed has dipped. Twenty-seven. Uh, okay. Over the last few years, which is um the reason Cleveland has put out anyway of why they moved on from him. Um for him it would definitely be in a backup role. Mm-hmm. Um I had a difficult time kind of placing him, but ultimately I landed on uh either the Washington Commanders or the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, the commanders, he would uh, reunite with Eric uh, Bien-Aimé, um who he was with in Kansas City. Uh, so there might be some traction there. They don't, I mean, they have Antonio Gibson, who uh, can catch the balls out of the backfield. But uh, what's played Gibson over the last few years is the fumbling issue. So it if he you know, enters camp or starts the year with those fumbles, I could definitely see them shifting to uh, somebody the coaching staff has a history with. Uh, The Rams, they have Cam Akers and a bunch of spare parts behind him. So uh, it would make a lot of sense there as well. 
One team that you haven't brought up, although I mentioned it briefly, was the Broncos. So you're either confident that Javante Williams is back and ready to go and don't have to worry about him, um, or something happens to him, it's the Samaje Perrine show. And I don't know mm-hmm. if that's too inspiring. Do you see, which Jason was on tonight, the Broncos being interested in any of these guys to hedge the bet and not have to give Javante 340 carries recovering from that brutal injury? Maybe Cook, um, but again, does Cook want to be essentially second fiddle to Javante mm-hmm. once Javante is fully healthy? Um, I I just don't see it. Uh, the other factor is Sean Payton. He's very particular. He's a very particular coach. <laughs> I don't know if He's a prick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't see how any of these guys kind of fit his mold or his, you know, mindset on what he wants. Um, if somehow uh, Alvin Kamara came available from uh, the Saints, I mm-hmm. could see maybe he makes a move uh, to bring him in as a a veteran and kind of work in a secondary role from there. But um, yeah, maybe Dalvin Cook, but uh, outside of that, probably not. Okay. And then they just have to play it by ear if something, if Javante wasn't ready to go or was hurt again. I I know they have like four other running backs. I just don't know who the hell they are. Tyler Batty, Tony Jones, Jaleel McLaughlin. I study the sport the utmost and I don't know who those players are. So it's just kind of a wait and see in Denver and hope for the best with Javante. We'll ask Jason next week what they would do at running back if something happened uh, to Javante. All right. Before I want to, I'm going to ask you in a couple minutes about differentiating the futures at all of Saquon, Jacobs, and Pollard. But before we get to that, we're going to deviate off topic because I got to ask you about DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, when I saw for the last two months the smoke or the Vegas odds that said that he's probably going to go to the Titans. I, I think I think I have just the the bad memories of Julio Jones like going there to die. Is DeAndre Hopkins going to be any different than wide receiver veteran hell for the Titans? Is this going to work or is this going to be another chapter of oh well he had four hundred yards and that's a career for him? <laughs> um I I think it'll be along the, the veins of where wide receivers go to die. Okay. Um, Randy Moss was also a wide receiver that went mm-hmm. there to kind of die. Um, I forget the other ones. There's been like four over <laughs> the last collection of years where these top end wide receivers they sign with Tennessee and yep they they never make it out alive. Um, I can't find the list, but um. Yeah, I I guess he's betting on himself. He's betting on uh, the team there in Tennessee. I know we've talked about when predicting uh, the structure of who comes out of the uh, AFC South there. Uh, Tennessee has always been kind of mentioned because of their defense, because mm-hmm. of the running, that they're still going to have skin in the game. So maybe he sees it the same way and he's not going to a 
quote unquote stack team to just get his chip. He's kind of doing it in an obscure way and betting on himself and betting on those guys over there. Yeah, I think Mike Vrabel has established himself as a coach in which a down year for him is probably seven and ten, kind of like Mike Zimmer. Um, that's just how he coaches. His defense is always going to be in the mix. If you watch the quarterback documentary on Netflix over the past week, Patrick Mahomes complimented Vrabel and the Titans defense. So I think that there's something to say that even if the Titans aren't very good, no matter who the quarterback might be, that they're probably going to be decent and at least Hopkins will will feel relevant but it does seem odd that a guy who's probably in his last one two or three years is going to go to the Titans who have a soon to be if not already quarterback carousel between Tannehill Levis and I guess they still believe in Malik Willis Um, we shall see all right the last thing we've got about seven minutes left here Wesley is The long-term prognosis, is there anything different about Saquon, Josh Jacobs, and Tony Pollard so that if they either opt in to their franchise tag, I don't even, can can they even be traded right now if they wanted to be? I don't believe so because they're not under contract. So um, that's why they can hold out without it uh, impacting them uh, all the way until week one. Okay. And um, we saw, what was it, six, seven years ago when Le'Veon Bell tried this? It ruined his career. Um, yeah. So I, that has to be a glowing example. It's kind of like, it just reminds me, we're talking about the Titans. That, this is, you know how it's taken a long time for Justin Jefferson's extension to get completed? I know that the Vikings won't monkey around and do the wrong thing because you need no better example than A.J. Brown. You, you mm-hmm. traded him away and you've been dinking around ever since. So I know that the Vikings are going to take care of Jefferson because you don't want to repeat that. But is there is there any difference between what Saquon, Jacobs, and Pollard will go through the rest of the summer, into the season, and then free agency next year? Uh, as of now, no. Um, so, yeah, Barkley and Jacobs, they, they're they going to hold out, uh, whether it's the full season, uh, whether it's into the season. Uh, we don't know as of yet. Um, I think that the running backs might group together and, and strike. Um, you have Derek Henry, Najee Harris, Austin Eckler. They all came out in support, uh, of these running backs, not getting their contract. Um, Jonathan Taylor and Derek Henry, they are up on, uh, extensions next year. So, they are seeing this pretty clearly and figuring out what they need to do. Um, I do think they band together and possibly talk some kind of strike. Um, one thing that I'm finding very interesting and I'm kind of piecing this together on the fly. Uh, I think they're going to be watching this Hollywood strike. Mm-hmm. This Hollywood strike is going to be very telling for them and very informative. Um, if the writers and the actors are able to gain traction with these major companies and come out victorious in their strike, I do believe that you know there's some there's going to be some kind of strike with the running backs. Um, I think it gives them 
the ammunition that they need to go about getting this done. Uh, if you think about it, this is the first year uh, with the NFL's deal with YouTube. YouTube signed on a $14 billion seven-year deal with the NFL to um, have the Sunday ticket rights. And to start off the, the first year of that deal with the black guy is not going to play well. Money talks in this league. And what better way to stick it to the NFL and to the owners than to strike? So I see that as definitely an option. Um, I think ultimately they'll need to get together. Uh, they'll need to come to some kind of uh, middle ground. And are you saying from RB1 to RB4 on every single team strikes? Or are you saying those It's that possible. Are- I mean, wow. you you saw the players get together. Um, George Kittle, Travis Kelsey, they created a tight end. You, mm-hmm. I could definitely see something similar happening with the running backs. Boy, that would be uh, earth shattering for the sport. Absolutely, because you'd have to go find scabs, or just run the ball with your best wide receiver like Debo. <laughs> yeah, or I mean, what if they come out? Week one, first play of the game, and they all just take a knee. Yeah. <laughs> they get the handoff, and they just they down the ball. Oh, my goodness. I mean, the, then, wor- the world would erupt. Yeah. And then they come out, you know, after the game, and they say, that was the first quarter. Next, next week, we're going to do the second quarter. And the following week, we're going to do the third quarter. We're just going to be burning, burning a few plays a game until we get you know, something done. Obviously, I, I don't think it'll happen necessarily that way, but <laughs> there there has to be some kind of something to happen. Um, my guess is there will be some draft compensation. Mm-hmm. If you're a running back that gets drafted, uh, regardless of where you get drafted, your slot pays, you know, a little bit higher. Um, something, something to that effect to compensate the running backs. Uh, maybe it's a, say, say they get drafted in the first round. It's a three-year deal with a fourth-year option. Um, and then all the subsequent years, it's just three-year deal rather than a four-year deal. There, I'm sure there's going to be something that gets these running backs out of their contract a little bit earlier so that they can uh, compensate while they're still young and have tread on the tire. Yep. And this, uh, this has been a, I guess I'd say issue that has been bubbling for about 10 years when analytics entered the sport and basically said, you know what, you're better off throwing the ball a, just you know, throwing the ball more than running it because when when you and I were kids, it was the opposite. And then once this undeniable pattern of Super Bowl winning teams not paying running backs just never is proven wrong, I think that front offices say like, "Well, I'm not going to be the asshole that tries to break the trend." So no, I'm not going to pay him. All right, sir, we are out of time. Less than thirty seconds. <laughs> uh, next week we'll be in full swing of the beginnings of all NFL training camps. Presumably back with Cody and Jason. Maybe talking about injuries by that time, extensions, trades, 
Um, anything else, Wes, in less than 20 seconds? No, that's it. <laughs> All right, my man. We'll talk to you in one week. All right. Later. Later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.